We begin a new session within our readings with the last six weeks coming from the Gospel of John. And today, all three of our leadings, our readings, leadings, readings, are about the law. <clears throat> and right off the bat, uh, I think we can have a bit of a negative connotation. We think of the law as something that weighs us down, something that restricts us, something that keeps us from, quote unquote, having fun. But Moses proposes in the first reading that he is teaching us these things in order that we live free, in order that we can truly live, suggesting that by us cooperating with the law that the church gives us, that God gives us, going back to the Ten Commandments, but essentially, you know, the age-old rule within morality is do good and avoid evil, right? If someone avoids those vices that our Lord talks about in the gospel, that it will lead to a happier life, a more fulfilled life, a freer life. And the fact is that when it doesn't have to do with how fast you can drive down Randall Road or any other law you want to fill in the blank, when something is important to us, we put laws around it. When something has value, we make sure that that value is preserved. If we were to walk over to the playground after mass and uh, maybe you see a stone on the ground and you pick it up and you like the way that the grain goes or the color of the rock, you might think to yourself, I wonder if I can take this rock. I'm pretty sure, not an expert, I'm pretty sure you can take that stone with you. I don't think anyone cares. And if somebody says, well, can I like paint it or do something and then just leave it there? Yeah, that's fine. Go for it. Now, let's say for a second we go over to Egypt. The, pyramid, the pyramids over there, great wonders for thousands of years, have been there. If you walk into the pyramid and you see maybe a piece of a brick there and you say, can I take that home? I don't think they're going to let you do that. There's rules. And taking a part of the pyramid, frowned upon. And if you say, you know what, I really like the way the light hits this spot, I'm going to start painting it. Can I do that? No, you're not allowed to paint the pyramids of Giza, right? Because it's a valuable spot, but it's just a rock. It doesn't mean anything, but it's important. Within other aspects of our culture, there are lots of laws. I think you all know I enjoy playing golf. It's got lots of laws in golf. And a couple Mondays ago, we had our uh, priest golf outing, and it was Monsignor Deutsch and myself and Father Keith Romke and Father Carl Beekman, uh, who's, who's one of the best golfers in the diocese, and we were on a mission. It was to take down Father Browning's team. And uh, you know, we were playing well. And we're going through, and uh, we get down on the fairway. We had a good drive. It wasn't mine. That's all right. We had a good shot at the green. And Monsignor comes walking over, and he tees up his ball in the middle of the fairway. We go, Monsignor, what are you doing? Said, I, this is how I hit the ball. You can't do that there. There's laws. And if it's going to be important to you, we didn't let him hit it. We didn't use his ball on that shot because he didn't tee it up. But uh, that's how it goes. In order for golf, in order any sport to be played, there's going to be these rules to keep its value. 
to keep its importance, how much more so is the value and important and, and sacredness of our human heart, of our relationship with God. There is, in fact, no more beautiful thing. So therefore, it is a good thing for the Lord to say, here is a way to live that will keep in connection your relationship with me. If he didn't and we had no idea, that would be bad. But of course you can become overly rigorous. You can go too far. And that's what we see in the Gospels today with our Lord and the Pharisees. And he has many encounters with the Pharisees throughout the Gospels. We've heard of them. But ultimately what it was, you know, it gets to the, the root of it. He said, you guys are missing the point. You're holding on to these human traditions that you've built up around the law because they didn't want to just not break the law. They're like, well, if we do this, and then we do this, and then we do this, then we definitely will never break the Ten Commandments. They would set up all these safety nets around the safety nets. And it's like, you're so uh, paranoid about these things that have no value that you're forgetting what's at the core. You're forgetting what's important and what it actually means to be a follower of Yahweh, to be a Christian. So he's, he calls them hypocrites. But a few days ago in the daily readings, my favorite description of the Pharisees, he calls them whitewashed tombs. And back in the day when they buried people, they would put a certain chemical over to whitewash the tombs. They're actually very beautiful. There would be, uh, you know, like an in-stone mural carving. And, uh, but as beautiful as that, that is, it's still rotting bones and flesh on the inside. So for us, the temptation is we can all appear that everything's fine. We can continue on and yeah, I'm a Christian, I go to church, I do good things. But if at our core, we're allowing vice to rot our relationship with our Lord, then something's off. And all of us are sinners, all of us need the mercy of God, but we need to lean into that ask the Holy Spirit to show us where to grow, to show us what to work on. But to realize that that mercy of God that the Lord has for us needs to be given at every point. You know, sometimes when I'm going through marriage prep, there'll be a question that comes up and, uh, you know, it's a question that says, you know, if, if, if one of the, the people in this marriage were to be unfaithful, you know, would you work on saving the marriage? And of course, that's a very serious situation is intended to foster conversation, but uh, it's a difficult question. You know, oftentimes they might be unsure. They might even say like, I don't think so. I don't know. That's a, that's a big question. And it is a very serious thing. But that pause there, we often have that in many areas of our life. I don't know if I can forgive this person. I don't know if what they've done is going to be able to be, to be healed. But just like the Israeli people, just like the chosen people, they constantly betrayed our, our, their covenant with the Lord. They constantly kept messing up and forgetting the law and forgetting how to actually follow God. And what does he do? He picks them up, he dusts them off, gives them that fatherly hug and helps them along. The same way that when we sin in our life, we can go to confession, 
and whatever it is, we can say, Lord, I'm sorry, I've messed up. That's a betrayal, though. When we sin, we're choosing the world, we're choosing vice, we're choosing something that is not even able to be compared to the goodness of God. And if we allow ourselves to receive that mercy, which I hope you do, but we expect that mercy, we better give it to everyone in our life. Whether it's family or friends or acquaintances, when they hurt us, when they betray us, we've received the mercy of God. And we need to bestow that on them as well. To be quick to forgive, quick to forget, and to allow ourselves to heal those relationships. So we ask the Lord to only allow us to hold on to what is good, what is true, what is beautiful, and that any part of our heart that needs to be illuminated in order to be cut out through the confessional, we give him permission to do that to our hearts, but to remember as we are so lucky through our baptismal promises to be able to receive the mercy of God, let us make sure to do that with all those who cross us in life and to forgive them as God has forgiven us.